Hey guys, this is Blooming in Process. We are super excited to have a second guest here today with you guys. As we said that this is our series this season, we are starting off to give you guys some amazing people that are out there doing things for God, that are living in by faith, moms, wives. We talk about women. We talk about entrepreneurs out there living a life of freedom and prosperity in Christ. And today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Bethany. Bethany. It's Bethany, right? Yes. Bethany. Yes. Bethany Ricks. I have so much that I have to ask her, but I just want her to share (laughs) with us who she is, what's her background, and we're just going to dive right in. So um, my name is Bethany. I am a mother of two children. My son is nine and my daughter is seven. I live in Ohio. Uh, I am a former business executive. So I did that for about 18 years and recently made the pivot to writing and speaking and taking all of those lessons of life and the corporate world and kind of pouring into women um, as they go through their different valleys. Uh, It's not just one valley, it's usually a series of valleys. So I'm just here to support uh, kind of different women across the world in their ministry and mission. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So tell us like, outside of anything you've ever done, and you had to strip yourself down and at your core, who would you say Bethany is? At my core. So I always, <laughs> so at my core, I always go to like, I am all things introvert. So if you, if you want to know me and you don't know me, know that I'm an introvert and I love a good cup of coffee. <laughs> so I, I really, which usually surprises people, but um, I like to keep to myself. I love to read. Outside of that, I would probably say I'm a very courageous person. I've taken many leaps of faith at God's direction in my life, um, which I think takes a level of courage (laughs) and uh, belief that God is going to, you know, catch you and do what he says he's going to do. So courageous, you know, introverted, uh, I'm sure assertive is somewhere in there. Absolutely. Courageous introvert. I love that. It's like, you know, like a a lethal weapon that's real covert. Exactly. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of how I, I envisioned it. So tell us on your journey, whether that's, you know, were you working in corporate or personal life or as a mom, just tell us what has been your greatest life lesson so far? So probably top of the list would be uh, to never judge from a preacher of comfort. Mm. And it was a lesson that I learned pretty pretty early on. It's easy. We live in a world where it's easy to kind of project our judgments onto other people. um, Assuming that we know what we would do if we were in their situation. And it was really my success in business that broke that. Mm. That made me go, oh, I really have no idea what I'm doing. And for half of my career, I've been judging the people who've been doing this. And I had no, I had no idea what was going on behind closed doors. And it's the same thing with motherhood, right? Like when you didn't have kids, sometimes I'll talk about myself. Yeah, I would look, I'm not gonna talk about anybody else. I'll talk about myself. 
sometimes I would look at mothers and be like, why? Like, why would she do that? Like, why is she operating that way? And then, oh yeah, my own beautiful blessing. Right, right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that like I was the mom that said, I will. My children will never. Yeah. Eat X, Y, and Z. Yeah, they had X, Y, and Z last night for dinner. So like, <laughs> this is where we are. That was yeah, so, yeah, that that was me. That was me. So the not judging from a perch of comfort and applying that in all aspects of my life, whether it's in career, personal friendships, um, really has helped me to properly apply expectation also. Because yeah. misplaced, misplaced expectation uh, will screw us up every time. Oh my goodness. You said it. Like I was that <laughs> too. I was that one that said, when I'm a mom, I'm going to make sure my kids are like this. And I would see the kid fall out. I'll never forget walking out of Starbucks one day and seeing a kid like fall out on the street and it is screaming and crying. And I'm just thinking, Mm-mm, that would never be me. Never. And then it was me one day and I was like, I'm that mom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. The conversation in the car before you get out. Yeah. That's me. I never imagined. It's so crazy. That is so true. Like we just learn that, you know, when we haven't walked the journey yet to not judge the journey or even the obstacles that will be on the journey, because you never Mm -hmm. know like how people handle it or even like motherhood is different for everybody, but there's like some very um, similar things like we all go yeah. through, you know? So tell me, how have you decided to discipline your children? How do you do that biblically? Like, what does that look like for you and your household? Um, so my children are very different uh, from each other. So how I discipline is very different. So my son is very tender hearted. And he is extremely analytical. Mm. My daughter is her mother's child. (laughs) So she does what she wants to do, when she wants to do it, how she wants to do it. And don't ask any questions. Like, I don't understand why you're asking me questions. I'm seven. I got this. Um, So really what I started doing early on is when I discipline them, I do it... um, in the sense of teaching, teaching them to make, to have wise decision-making, mm-hmm. which changes how I approach them when they do something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not teaching them to do what's right because right is relative. Right. Your right might not be my right, but right. trying to teach them to be thoughtful around why did you make that decision? So we talk all the time. And I talk to them like they're an adult. Mm -hmm. So help me understand why you made that decision. I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And for my son, it's a longer conversation and then he needs time to process and then he wants to come back and talk. For my daughter, she thinks she gets to the answer too quickly. So I'm like, well, calm down. (laughs) Like you're confessing your sin too fast. (laughs) Or you didn't feel that enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like you have felt you have felt that you have felt that enough. Yeah. Um, so I really kind of show up with with both of them the same, but but different. With the goal of 
I want you to come out of this core decision that you made being thoughtful around your decision making. That's so good. You're, it's like you're teaching them how to think, you know? Yeah. yeah. And letting them be upset. I don't have a problem with my kids being upset about the fact that something got taken away. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a take things away because I think that's what happens in life. Mm-hmm. When something happens, usually things are taken away. Yeah. That's good. What happened, or you don't have access to something. So I'm a, I will take something away or you will no longer have access. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also helped me parent with grace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. Parenting has been, has given me such a perspective of God, like how he loves us yet, you know, he doesn't give us too much too soon. Right. Yep. And he's like, I know you can't handle that. And then if I, if I make a wrong decision or if I do something bad, he's not like, like, you know, on me, like, cause in, in, I think God, our, our God is so, he's like a representation of how we, well, at least this is how, like, I think a lot of people think about it. It's a representation of how we were raised. So some people are raised to think like, God is going to like, he's going to like destroy me <laughs> or something yeah, like, yeah. because that's my, how my dad was, or that's how my mom was. Like whenever I did something bad, it was like over, everything was bad. And I, I felt bad and I felt, and God is like restructuring our minds to what it means to, to, to have a real parent love us. And some people, yeah. a lot of people have like mother and father wounds. So I love that you're teaching your kids, like how to think. Like, why did I make this decision? Like, why, you know, what caused, I'm doing something similar with my daughter. Like, I'm like slowly learning how to do that with her because she's like me, right? She's only five though. And my son is three. And so my son, he is very much so like, he, he'll test the water, you know, he's like, I'm going to test everything you say. He's at that age. My daughter, though, she's like starting to get into this mindset of, hmm, that that didn't make any sense for me to do that. You know, (laughs) maybe, maybe you're right. And she'll even say, maybe you're right. (laughs) I'm like, I think I've been on this earth a little while, you know, hopefully I've learned a few things. Yeah. And letting them, letting them, I think I was going to make this point earlier. I didn't finish my thought, but letting them feel their feelings in a, a, not in a disrespectful way. But if you are emotional, you have those emotions for a reason. And I would rather help you manage through your anger or you being upset with mommy or you being sad versus teaching you to bottle it up. And then you don't know what to do with it when you're 17, 18, 19, 25, 28. And you're like, I don't know what to do with these sad feelings. That is so good. Is that how you were raised? Like, were you raised to uh, to, to, to share your thoughts and your feelings. And like, did your parents teach you how to think through? Yeah, we were a very expressive household. Um, and that was encouraged and I'm the oldest of five. There are three girls and two boys. And my father was very kind of adamant, especially with the girls that, cause it's just different with boys. Mm-hmm. You have a voice know how you feel, be able to communicate how you feel um, in your way. And so that required for us to be more vocal kind of in the home. And they, they definitely watered, watered that for sure. 
That is awesome. So tell us how has God transformed your thinking over the past five years or has he, you know, some people's like, I, I learned the lesson five years ago and I'm still learning. So tell us your journey of transformation. <laughs> He's completely transformed. Um, kind of how, how I see him. I think five years ago, I was just, just getting divorced. Okay. So I, w- I was entering into a season of very deep hurt mm-hmm. and very deep anger towards God. Okay. And so I had to walk through that, but in that God, I think God is the only person who can meet us where we are. Like people say that, like meet someone where they are. Like, yeah, okay. But God is the only one who can fully meet you where you are. And he fully met me in this place of hurt and anger and disappointment. And he walked with me until I was willing to acknowledge his presence. Yeah. So he waited on me, but he also chased me. And what I learned in that season was truly what grace meant. Mm. What the abundance of grace really means right what abiding really means like what does that really mean when I abide in you like what is what does that scripture really mean um and so he has continued to do this blow my doors off with his ability to restore renew replenish restart like all the things without my participation. The only thing I have to do is obey. Mm. And that to me is like, oh, wow. It's really great. His love, yeah. it's his love. Uh, talk to me about your daily walk. Like, how did that look for you? Because I can definitely hear somebody being uh, listening to this. And I'm so glad you shared that because I could definitely see somebody listening to this and they're right where you were at that five-year mark. How Mm -hmm. did your daily walk with the Lord like tangibly look like to help you grasp the concept of grace and restoration? And like, what would you share for for that person? Uh, Surrenderance. Mm -hmm. It was not until I was willing to relinquish control and control of my hurt. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just, you know, control. It was letting go of the hurt, the pain, the shame, mm. and letting go of my expectations, not him, because I never asked him what his expectations were. These were my expectations. Mm-hmm. And really surrendering that over, because in surrendering, I'm open-handed, and then God is allowed to do the work. But if I'm not open-handed, I'm clenched. Like everything is clenched and tied. I'm like, well, I want to keep this. Like, can you, can you just heal around this stuff? And he's like, I actually kind of want to get in and dig out the infection. Mm. Like I want to like get in there and I'm like, yeah, but, but that, but that hurts. And it took God telling me one night, he said, I'm not going to drop you. Oh, right. So if you think about a child, so for people who are mothers who are listening, or if you're auntie, or your uncle or your grandparent, when there's a young child mm. and they jump into your arms, like they're jumping freely. They know that you are going to catch them. Now imagine if you didn't catch them. Every moment after that, there is going to be some sort of hesitation. 
And God is saying, you don't need to hesitate with me. You don't need to pause with me. I will always catch you. I will never, ever, ever, ever drop you. Period. Full stop. I understand other people have dropped you, but I am not man. Wow. I will not drop you. And so it was understanding that that was like, okay, well, if you're really good, then I need to surrender all of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am like your one statement, I will not drop you. Like that is so powerful because um, I remember when you said that, it just hit me like, boom, like you remember, like it just connected with me because I remember so many times where definitely when I decided to come home full time and stay home, my kids, we live in a household where there needs to be two, two incomes. <laughs> like, if they don't want an income household, we got those people. But, yeah. so I was, but God was calling me home and I was just like, Lord, like, you know, I don't see how, and he kept on saying, I will not drop you. I will not drop you. I'm calling you home for a reason. Like there was so many times. And then I remember the, making the leap. And I remember when I first made the leap, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm about to hustle, 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 hustle. He was like, no, 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 no. That's not why I that's thought not it. <laughs> Like go do those dishes. Like he, and I'm yeah. like, but that's not um, income producing. Like those dishes, those dishes uh, is not bringing in. And he's like, go do the dishes. And I'll be yeah. like, okay. And then I'll get an email or an opportunity. And just things started just popping up when I was doing the dishes or when I was like doing the laundry or I just surrendered. And I yeah. remember talking to my friend. I said, the Lord told me he would not drop me. And I'm six months in and he ain't dropped me. Yeah. And it, I was afraid. I was fearful. I had all these thoughts of what if, what if, what if. And he just kept on saying, I will not drop you. So you yeah. saying that when you were in your season, man, that is, is such a surrendering, but I think it's also a, um, it's, it's like a higher level of grace that you oh, yeah. understand God, like the, the true nature of who he is. It's just like your faith connects with him on a whole different level. A whole, because there's, you know, there's, there's the leap and then not having fear of impact. Impact is what will take you out, right? It's the impact that takes, the jump is not what takes you out. It's the impact that takes you out. It's the impact that hurts you. And God is saying, no, you jump and you will never reach the bottom. Like just leaps of faith, leaps, just keep jumping, keep leaping. Like, and there will be no impact. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that allowed me sometimes surrendering, like you had stated, like mm-hmm. trusting him and like, like that clinching that you were talking about, like you had to like, let it go. That's the uh-huh. leap, right? Yep. Oh, thank you. Lord. <laughs> thank you. Lord. So tell me about, I want to talk about, um, I, I know we have a few more minutes here. So I really want to talk about your, the lesson that you learned. I don't know if it's within that five years between then and now, or before that, um, like you could say, you know, over my lifetime, one of the greatest lessons I've learned is what is that? So for me personally, that's not like a quote is that my humility was masked as, uh, or my pride was masked as humility. Mm. 
So God would want me to do something and I'd be like, there's someone else better. Like it's, it's fine. Not me, not me, Lord, someone else. A very, very Moses and Aaron moment. Like God send Aaron. I have a stutter. Like I think it's too much stuff. It's too much stuff. Right. Right. Um, and it really, I mean, God blew my doors off when he said, your issue is pride. And I'm like, pride he's like no you feel like you know better than me that's that's pride that's an inordinate view of self in relation to god okay i was like oh okay got it yeah so that was that literally if i look over my entire life and all the lessons and god knows there have been so many yeah that one is probably been the most significant is that i my, my pride was masked as humility. Can you imagine how many people are hearing you and like, like I feel like people are going to see this and be like, it's one of those where it's the audacity for me that, that I'll talk about myself. Yeah. It's the audacity I have, right? Like God tells me to do something and I'm like, well, I mean, Bridget is probably better. <laughs> I, like, just like the, it's kind of like, really though? No? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, are we really having a conversation? And we call it humility because humility is comfortable. Humility is acceptable. Humility makes us feel good. It makes right? sense. Right. Like, oh, right. We're in this posture of pretend surrenderance. And really, we're just disobedient. Mm. Right, we're like, oh, I've I've surrendered to you, Lord. Okay, go do X, Y, and Z. Oh, somebody else will be better. Yeah, you're pretending. That's disobedience. That's pride. Great disobedience. Oh my gosh, you have no. I I think I had that too. Like I did because I was so like, I think it was fear for me, like fear of failing, and so I would try to like be like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not you know and. And it's just straight up disobedience. It is straight up disobedience. And I, 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 and also when you, when God like calls on you to do something, it's like, it almost is like, oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? And it's, you know, as I've seasoned over the years, so I've been a believer since, I mean, my dad's a minister. So I've known about Christ since I was five, but really, didn't accept Christ into my life until I was around 24. I'm 38 now. Um, but I had this moment where I was being disobedient and this was recent. So this is not like years ago (laughs) in my, you know, me and my season walk is all my spirituality. Um, (laughs) God told me to do something and I was hesitant. And immediately he said, you, and I was like, I'll, you know, I was like taking my time and I was like, well, I can just get with this person later. And he said, you're assuming that you're going to have later. You're assuming that you have time. And it wasn't a conviction of fear. It was the audacity. (laughs) I've asked you to do something now. You're assuming you're going to be here in four months. You're assuming that person is going to be here in four months. That's so good. That is so good. He said that to, like, I remember he's telling me, reach out to this young lady. 
right? And I remember thinking, she looks really busy. Um, she's moving. She has all these things going on. And I kind of put it off in my mind. And then he brought it back up. And I just kept on putting it off. I brought it back up. And finally, I saw her going through so much. And I finally reached out to her. And she, she was crying, like tears. And I, and I was like, I should have reached out to you a long time ago. I said, I, I'm, I need to ask for your forgiveness. Like God told me to reach out, but let me tell you that God is thinking about you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to like repent to God and her because he was telling me to do something that she absolutely needed. She absolutely, and I do believe that God, if you're disobedient, like he has a remnant, <laughs> like he has a ram in the bush, right? Yeah. But it was me to do it. And I remember thinking, I cannot, like, this is greater than me. This is bigger than yeah. me. This is bigger than my busyness. This is bigger than my inconvenience. This is somebody's life. And like you said, the audacity for me to, to just kind of be like, you know, yeah. like he's God. <laughs> he's God. <laughs> <laughs> he literally created galaxies within galaxies to worship him for his glory. And he asked us to do one thing. And we're like, well, I mean, wouldn't somebody else be better? Oh my goodness. And but that's a beautiful thing about being human. And it's the beautiful thing about God because here, here is something about his majesty that I still cannot quite get my head around. He is the only God, but he is, he is capital G God. Yeah. But he is the only God who has allowed his creation to choose whether or not they're going to worship him. That's the thing. That's the He's thing. the only one. The He's only, the only one. That's the thing. He's the only God that says, give me control and I'll give you freedom. He's yeah. the only one. Only one. He's the only God who will free man from his lust. So when someone says, well, how do you know which God is, you know, the God? It's the God who frees man from his lust. That's the only God. You said a mouthful there. The only. The only. So you show me a God who you give control to. He gives you freedom. You show me a God who does all of those things. Then we can have a conversation. It reminds me of that, that scripture. I think it's in Job where Job, I, it, I feel like Job was questioning God. And he, <laughs> the response was like, do you, did you suspend the, the sun in the sky and cause it not to burn yeah. earth? Like, like his response. Yeah, he asked him like 72, I think it was 70, God asked him 72 rhetorical questions. It might've been more than 72. He was just like, oh, like I've let you whine, but now too far. That's too far. Like, do you know who I am? And every time I like go down a doubtful deep place of like how's this gonna work I always remember that scripture like let me just oh okay. and it always puts me back because I'm like yeah. he is keeping the waters from coming and flooding the land like he is like the things that we take for granted he has the control over it all and we yeah. have a question about well, how is that going to be taken care of? Or what's, what's going to, what's going to happen over there? Like, how are you going to pay that bill? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, I, it just, it just, it's so interesting. His ways, like I think about even, it talks about um, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I ever wonder, sometimes I wonder, will we ever think even close 
to what he thinks. Like, will no. we ever grasp the full concept of his thoughts? And, and I think that our human thinking will doesn't have the capacity. No, we can't. I mean, could you literally, I mean, God is the God who sits in, who is in our past, in our present, and in our future simultaneously. Ooh. And he and he's the God of the loop around. Just even that thought. Just the, the God, the God of the loop around. Like, oh, you missed your turn. Let's go back. Let's go back. We're gonna loop it loop her around. Yeah. It's like you, I can't even. Well, I have enjoyed this. Like, I can feel like I have can go on and on because Sister Girl guys, the gift of gab. I can go on <laughs> and on and on. And then talking about the Lord and his faithfulness. I'm like, yeah. I can go on about him. But I want us to know, I want our audience to know, where can we find you? What do you have coming up? What is it that, where can we connect with you? Just share all your stuff. So you can connect with me on my website, which is bethanyricks.com. Um, and Bethany is without the A. It's a joke my parents played. Everyone's always correcting. They're like, you don't, you, you forgot the A in your name. I'm like, I did not. There is no A. Um, or on Instagram at Bethany Ricks or over at Jesus Led Bible Fed. That's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. You guys look, reach out to her, connect with her. As you can tell, she has deep, she's, she has deep understanding of God and she walks with the Lord. So you can't leave, you can't leave being connected with her and not get something filled. So, so you guys connect with her on Instagram and her website. And we are excited to have her. And we hopefully we'll have you again someday. But thank you so much for your time, Bethany. Thank you for having me.